0: Welcome to Tea with the Changemakers. This week I'm joined by Kate Wareham, the Chief Executive of the Choir with No Name, a choir with the mission of helping those who are homeless or marginalised through song and music. So, Kate, we'll get onto why the choir doesn't have a name, so to speak, in a moment. But before we get going, tell us a little bit about this amazing charity
1: um hi yeah i'm i have the great privilege of being the chief exec of the choir with no name um we are uh, an organization that runs choirs for homeless and marginalized people around the country we've got six choirs at the moment with the hope to expand to have choirs everywhere every town and city in the future would be lovely um and basically we we exist to give people going through a tough time a place to sing their heart out we know how much of a difference singing can make when you're um having a a crap time um am i allowed to say crap
0: you can say crap please say crap
1: (laughs) excellent when you're having a crap time um it we know how important um, and how impactful singing is, and it's even more impactful when you're singing with a group of people around you. um we we're set up with the vision of giving people a chance to sing um, with other people because we know it makes such a difference to people's lives. When you're having a really rubbish time, a really rubbish week, having that one moment in the middle of the week to get together with other people, to sing your heart out, to sing songs, to sing alongside other people um, is ha- makes a huge difference. And we know from our impact data over the years that, um, that the people that take part in the choirs really get an awful lot out of it. It can be the that um, keeps them going it can really improve mental health it can build communities um, and it it, is a lifeline for many of our choir members um, particularly in the last few years with COVID um, and we're really passionate about the power that something so simple as singing can have on people's lives so that's what we do.
0: Mm, That sounds great. And we do actually know a little bit about this here at Tea with the Changemakers because on episode 11, I did have the pleasure of speaking with another Kate, Kate Valentine from Singing Mummers, which is the singing organisation for women who have just given birth or have young children and may be experiencing or tackling postnatal depression. And she did tell us a little bit about the positive effects of singing and how it can improve mental health. But you're actually a music psychologist, aren't you, Kate? So I wondered if you could tell us a little more about the science.
1: I can give you a very long list of the ways that singing um, and music and the arts in general um, can help us um, as human beings. Physically, um, singing helps your breathing and your lung function. Um, You'll probably have heard from um, the person you spoke to from Singing Mamas, and I love those guys, um, that breathing really helps your lung function. We quite often don't breathe properly. Mm. We forget to use all of our lungs when we're breathing. And as I'm saying this, I'm already sitting up straighter. Me too. Using my, <laughs> Yeah. Our, our spines are straighter, our, our um, shoulders are higher or or more relaxed, more to the point. And when we breathe from our stomach, that automatically has an impact on our on our mental health. It gets all that oxygen into our body, and that's really good for us physically learning to use our voices in different ways to take that deep breath in and to sing um, notes out and use all of that breath is really good for us as well. And our vocal technique, it can have um, impacts on our blood pressure, um, pain perception even. Mm. Um, We have a number of people that uh, live with chronic pain conditions and there's loads of evidence to say, When um, people go along to a choir rehearsal or engage in something like that, um, they take less pain medication Um, and that's uh, because the the act of singing changes the way that we perceive pain Mm. so it can have a real impact on our daily lives. Um, it improves social well-being when you're sat next to someone and you're both singing it's quite a vulnerable thing Um, when you uh you you put yourself on the line a little bit to make a noise and use your voice um uh, there's a reason that people go and do karaoke when they've had a few drinks because it's (laughs) nerve-wracking um when you're sat in a rehearsal we don't have drinks in our rehearsals but that process of um sitting there and singing next to someone it's making yourself vulnerable and when that person next to you is making themselves vulnerable at two they then um there's a bond there because you've gone through this shared experience and not just that that kind of vulnerability singing together but the actor singing as well builds connectivity between people so there's lots of evidence to show that breathing syncs up heart rates sync up Mm -hmm. there's um, changes in the brain that really impact um how you feel connected and a sense of belonging to people that you're singing next to and for people that are marginalized that sense of belonging is really really important so there's lots of psychology around that um stress relief even immune response can be um stimulated so that can improve overall health and many many different things um and so yeah as a as psychologist, I get the great privilege of reading all of these papers and finding out the evidence that does exist out there. Mm. Um, although it's a slightly different area to what I actually study.
0: <laughs> so singing is is fantastic for us, but I guess it's even better for those, as you said, are in a in a, in a position in life right now, perhaps homeless um, or, or feel marginalised. And some of those benefits are really brought to the fore by bringing people together, connecting them uh, to, to to sing on a regular basis, and I noticed that you, as you said, you've got this vision of being in every sort of town and city in the UK because, you know, homelessness isn't isolated to just a few cities, is it? But you are in London, Birmingham, Liverpool, Brighton and Cardiff. Are those places and cities really feeling the strain, I guess, on of the homeless agenda and how is a choir with no name really sort of helping in those cities and places?
1: Yeah, um, we're actually in Coventry now as well. We've got a right. new choir in Coventry who did their first gig last week, mm-hmm. so that's really exciting. Yeah, I mean the statistics are pretty terrifying. Um, one in fifty three are homeless in the capital. One in seventy eight in Brighton and Hove. One in ninety six in Birmingham. And when we say homeless, um, I think those those statistics can feel quite um, shocking uh, because that seems like a huge number of people and it is a huge number of people um, and we sh- shouldn't do it down but I think we need to look at that in the complexity of what homelessness is so um, uh, the definition of homeless is both street homeless and also people living in temporary accommodation
0: mm.
1: and I think there's a huge number of people that are living in temporary accommodation that are unseen we don't see them on our streets so we don't feel like the problem is there but, there's this, um, but there is this, but there's There's a huge problem of people having instability in their daily lives and um so in the uk it's 274 0 um and that includes 126 0 children these are statistics from 2021 from shelter um and this is after covid and after having the everyone in uh, campaign that brought lots of people that were street homeless into hotels after the eviction ban, um, after the increases in universal credit. And of course, a lot of those protections have now gone. But to live in that way, um, to live where you don't necessarily know where you're going to lay your head next week, three months from now, six months from now, is incredibly disruptive to mental health, to physical health. It has a physical impact on us. So I'm to have that consistency of the choirs to go to every week um, gives people literally consistency. Mm-hmm. Literally somewhere, a solid foundation in their lives where they can come every week. And we give them tea and coffee at the beginning, a chat. Um, we're there in, week in, week out, and we give them a hot meal at the end of the rehearsal as well. So that consistency is super, super important. And we've deliberately set up in those um, in the places we set up to start with because homelessness is such an issue in those areas. But we are looking at other areas, too, because it's not just restric- restricted to those those areas that we're in. Um, and there are many, many places across the country where both street homelessness and hid- hidden homelessness is a huge, huge problem.
0: Mm, mm. It, it sounds like you're making an absolutely fantastic difference in in those towns and those places and i think they're, uh, you know going forward with the cost of living crisis what's happening you're probably going to see uh, even more unfortunately um of those that may be uh, sofa surfing or in temporary accommodation and, and so on so yeah i think there's definitely a real need for an organization like yourselves um so just going back a little bit thinking about the backstory uh, you're the chief executive you've recently taken over from the founder um what's the what's the reason behind the name and 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 your your founder's kind of motivation to set up a choir with no name
1: so Marie benton uh was the wonderful wonderful founder um of a choir with no name she still uh remains uh an ambassador of the organization um she was a musician she was working for St Mungo's at the time she was a professional musician as well she saw everything that I've just been talking about really mm. um she saw the impact that singing has um on people when they're going through a tough time and so she sets a choir up initially in London and then gradually those have spread around the country um initially they were um Service users, we don't like using that term. As an organisation, um, we will say choir members rather than service users because we're a family, we're a community, um, and a lot of the time people feel like they're a, um, a sausage going through a machine or a number in a mm-hmm. database. Um, we're very, we really want to focus on being a community. So from the very beginning, um, we've used language like choir members. Um, rather than service users but at the time she was working for St Mangos and service users were coming into the choir Mm. in that context um and um so she set it up initially within the context of her work um and then gradually it grew and she needed to then focus on it full-time and it grew over time um Uh, The name actually came from the members themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, There was a process of suggestions of various different names and people got to contribute to making that decision. And the choir members chose Choir With No Name. And we think it works really well because um, it, it works across the country in lots of different places. You can put the name, location name with it. It has a bit of intrigue about it. it it's like, does. why has it got no name? Mm. And it also, um, it, it sort of speaks as well to the experience of a lot of um, people that are homeless or marginalized, in that um, quite often they can feel hidden, they can feel um, unimportant, they can feel. Um, pushed away um no one knows their name you know when you walk past someone on the street or you um sit at a bus stop next to someone and like you don't know their name to a certain extent you don't really care Mm. um and this process of setting up the choir was all about saying this these people that are singing in these choirs are more than that Mm. they are um they are individuals with names, with uh, with talents, with skills, um, and we're going to help them to showcase those talents and sing out, literally, to use their voices um, to sing out and show that they are human beings worthy of our attention. And oh, my goodness, they sing their hearts out. The solos that um, that they do, um, just, I mean, the number of times I've been in tears at choir of no-name gigs, but... Um, giving uh, people a chance to to sing their heart out and show their talents and that for us is really what it's about taking allowing a group of people who often are hidden to show their talents on the stage to an audience who like I was gonna say, lose their shit who (laughs) just go mad um and and whoop and um, show their appreciation when you spend a lot of your life hidden away Mm. that's huge for your pride for your confidence Mm. um it's huge for your pride and confidence even when you don't I sing in a choir myself, and oh, my goodness, it's lovely when people clap. Yeah. so um so that whole process is really important. So I think the name um grew out of um out of our choir members mm. and and um, what they wanted to bring to the world, really.
0: Oh, I think it's a brilliant, brilliant name. Um, and last year, we obviously, we've had the pandemic, that must have been uh, quite tough for an organisation like yourself, because it's about bringing people together physically in a choir. But actually, you did pretty well in, in 2020 2021 You had 262 choir members that joined you online, or when you could in person yeah. for the rehearsals. You delivered 192 rehearsals across the four choirs that you had established at the time. Um, and you've got absolutely loads of volunteers helping you out haven't you
1: yeah loads the pandemic was really difficult and it was difficult for all of us but um I think when you are already isolated to then be told you have to stay indoors and and be there constantly Mm -hmm. that's massively isolating um and so for our choir members it was um incredibly difficult and we pivoted really quickly and this is before my time so I started in April of this year so um I I, um speak of what the team did um with Marie um our founder and then CEO um leading it and in the space of four weeks something like that um uh, we went as an organisation from having in-person rehearsals to having online rehearsals. And you've um, you've just said some of the numbers um, of the rehearsals that we delivered, the number of people that could come along to those rehearsals. And that was a vital lifeline for mem- many of our choir members. Um, it meant that they could stay connected, that they can carry on singing their heart out albeit without able to being able to hear other people so our choir leaders very quickly learned how to uh, lead online rehearsals that was a bit of a change mm. it's very difficult when you're a choir leader to lead a group of people you can't hear when you when you lead a choir you rely on the, the yeah, feedback cool. you get from hearing everyone's voices and then when you do it on zoom and everyone has to mute because it's absolute chaos otherwise <laughs> um as a choir leader you've got to change really quickly so our our choir directors are geniuses um, and they all um, very quickly learn how to deliver those rehearsals so that was great we pivoted really quickly but it didn't stop there. Um, A number of people um, in our choirs couldn't access those rehearsals for all sorts of reasons and I think it's really important to um, remember that whilst um, the majority of people who are homeless or marginalised have some sort of digital uh, uh, device, yeah. um, maybe a phone or a tablet or laptop or whatever. Um, the relationship that many people um, in that situation have with those digital devices is really um, complex. Um, so it's all very well. You can say, well, they've got a phone because they can access this information. And this doesn't just mean rehearsals. This is also information about where to get support, um, financial uh, help, um, universal credit, how to get hold of all of that sort of information. Everything went online. Um, and um, but for a lot of people who are homeless or marginalized, that relationship is more complicated. And that's often because The device they've got is not necessarily set up for some of the things they require of it. So um, they might have a phone, but not not a laptop or a tablet. So it's difficult to access some of those more complex web pages. But more than that, um, accessing data, when you've got very sporadic income, you're not going to have a monthly um, membership with a a data company. You're going to top up every so often and you're going to rely on data from public spaces, from Wi-Fi, free Wi-Fi. And of course, no one could do that anymore. Mm. The cafes were all shut. Mm. Um, They couldn't go to public spaces. Libraries were shut. I mean, libraries are such a resource and they shut. Um, So we had to pivot very quickly to go, Okay, well, it's fine that we've got these people coming to rehearsals, but that's not enough. We've Mm. still got people that are now really isolated. So we um, secured some money from the National Lottery and Comic Relief. We um, bought a whole load of um, devices and got those out to people that didn't have them. We also got a whole load of data and got those out to people um, that didn't have data. Again, it's all very well going that far if people don't know how to use it. So we then got some of our volunteers to train people up on how to use their tablet or their laptop or whatever it was to access Zoom, but also other things. Um, And we uh, we also went beyond that and did support phone calls from our volunteers we did um door door stop gigs so we turn up at people's front doors with a guitar and sing hopefully with them um not just at them but uh turning up and being super friendly and just making that connection um and yeah our and even some of our members, our choir members, became digital champions to support other
0: people in the choir in how to access rehearsals. So, yeah, we we, we went for it. <laughs> yeah, it, sound, it sounds like you did go for it massively. And uh, well, do you know what? That's really um, highlighted something that I hadn't even thought about, and that's that digital exclusion. So, during the pandemic, as you said, people were reliant on perhaps those public Wi-Fi hotspots, and suddenly yeah. they just weren't there anymore because they're in cafes and that. libraries and everything. So... Yeah, absolutely. people suddenly just became digitally excluded, didn't they? Yeah,
1: absolutely. Sitting at home, unable to access anything, mm. um, it was a—it's a real thing. We don't notice it when we've got our monthly contracts.
0: Mm. It's
1: very easy to not think about that at all. But for lots of people, that was a lifeline.
0: Yes, and I mean that would have impacted in all sorts of areas, including getting access to healthcare benefits, other things. Absolutely. When everything just went online, didn't it? Yeah, wow. Okay. Absolutely. So I, th- I
1: think for us, um, you know, we we enable people to access our rehearsals, but hopefully we also enable people to access other services. Mm. And I think that's something that we work really hard as at, as a choir is um, when we build those relationships up with choir members and we chat to them about what's going on. We um, work hard to signpost people into other services that can provide maybe specialist services in different areas, accessing housing, getting some mental health support, that sort of thing. Mm. So that digital inclusion will have helped them to get into those things as well
0: Mm. so you're not just providing singing really you're kind of providing a bit of a wraparound service here you know everything from when they turn up they can get a hot cup of tea a meal at the end of the choir but then also support signposting all those other things that are so desperately needed
1: in many ways um it is a community and i think if you talk to people who sing in a local community choir Um, they will go on about how it's lovely to sing and they enjoy singing the music and singing in harmony and learning something and having that achievement of doing the performance, but I'd say at least 50% of that experience is the community around them
0: Connection. It's the fact that
1: they make mm. friends yeah, connection with people in their locality um, and that's exactly what we do through choir you know, we we talk about singing because it's the kind of, it's the jazzy thing that's, um, that gets the uh, hook but really the majority of what it is, is that community, it's feeling a family um, family is one of our values for a reason because mm. it's about connection, it's about um, achieving a thing together, um, and that's just so so important. And it's almost almost a hidden thing in what we do, although we like to shout about it too.
0: <laughs> brilliant, uh, absolutely brilliant. And and if you are fortunate not to be in a situation where you're displaced or homeless or marginalised, how can you support an organisation like yours? You do gigs and workshops, don't you? And can people, you know, pay to turn Definitely. up and listen? And can they donate money? Yeah. How can how can people help you?
1: Well there's a long list um uh many many ways um we would love people to come along as volunteers um if you can make a good cuppa you can make a good meal you can smile and tick a box on a door when someone comes in and say hi um we want you to come along and volunteer for our choirs um in cardiff coventry birmingham brighton london and liverpool um if you are in another city or a town, and you're interested in having a choir in that area. We'd love to talk to you. We're looking for new places we can um, uh, set up new choirs, and um, we would love you to come along to a gig. Um, really, to get the buzz, Choir with No Name has some magic about it. If you go to Choir No Name gig you get the buzz, you're hooked. Mm. Um, and so the best way to do it is to come along to one of our gigs, um, whether it's in London at Cadogan Hall um, in December, whether it's at the Brighton Dome, um, all over the country. Just have a look on our website and our gig list will be on there. And yes, the other way to um, support is by making a donation. Um, We have a fan club. If you join the fan club, um, then you uh, get a lovely tote bag with a very good singing pun on it. We've got nice range. They're very trendy. Um, And uh, by giving a a donation every month, you're part of the choir family. Um, You get to hear about all the things that are going on and you get to make a massive difference to the lives of people by enabling our choir rehearsals to to um, to happen. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, go to our website and, uh, have a look for, uh, for how to become a fan. Um, that was what I did. I started off as a fan, um, before I joined the organization as a staff member. So I've been cheering, uh, from the sidelines for a while.
0: So you started Mm -hmm. as a fan and now you're the chief executive. So you can go from being a fan to the chief executive.
1: (laughs) Yes i mean hopefully not for a while i don't want to advertise that for everyone that signs up as a fan because i
0: quite like to keep my job for a while cause of it's course. fabulous. <laughs> it is a fabulous job isn't it um so you can text choir five and that's uh spout out as in f i v e so choir five to seven zero zero eight five to donate five pounds so that's how people can uh, easily donate um if they're listening Absolutely. um right now um so before we yeah. end uh, the episode actually just a couple of things. I was fascinated to read that actually the choir with no name had a single out. Is that right?
1: This is me. I I think if you go on this, uh, go on YouTube and have a look at This Is Me Choir with No Name. Um, on there you'll see we've had an awful lot of um hits. Uh, a lot of them have, are me. I've watched it multiple <laughs> multiple times. Um, lots of other people have watched it multiple multiple times. But there's a reason for this, and um. And it's because you not only hear the voices of people singing in the choirs, but you see their faces too. Um, It's really nicely edited. um, And uh, the choir members just sing uh, their heart out, saying, this is me. This Mm -hmm. is me. I am a human being. I am worthy of being listened to. I have a name, Mm -hmm. Um, and I really encourage people to go and watch it. Um, If you get through it without a tear in your tear in your eye, you're doing better than me, frankly. Um, But yeah, beautiful, beautiful video, Um, and it was made a couple of years ago, pre-COVID, and it's our four choirs then um around the country have all sung different bits and done different solos and it's all been edited together into this one performance mm. um yeah it's fantastic it's
0: a it's a it's a beautiful uh video and single and for those who don't know this is me it is a perfect song it is from uh you know the greatest showman's global hit isn't it really so um you know it's yeah. it's, it's, it's a fantastic song and really sort of resonates with what you're what you're all about so yeah no I definitely encourage it people does. to go and go and check out that video in that single it's uh, it's fantastic i just want to say thank you thank you for joining us on tea with the change makers and uh yeah we, we wish you all the best
1: thank you well check us out anyone that's listening check us out on youtube check, visit our website um and come along to a gig most importantly come along to a gig and see us live and um, you won't regret it
0: if you enjoyed this week's episode then remember to subscribe to us wherever you're listening and always remember that you can check out our website that's social-change.co.uk then head for the teacup in the top right hand corner to find out more about Tea with the Changemakers.